Would you like to be able to start conversations like a pro? Take The Sunday World, your daily dose of what's going on. Do not consume The Sunday World if you're involved in a drug cartel, you're a politician with something to hide, or you've appeared on a reality TV show and care about others' opinions. Consume The Sunday World responsibly. Always read the stories, gossip, and commentary. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. I'm Nicola Talent, and you can listen to my brand new podcast, Beast, The Murder of Nora Sheehan, streaming now, wherever you get your podcasts. He is being kept segregated away from the general population for his own safety, but also he's under suicide watch. On the 31st of Halloween night, the day before he was due to begin testifying in his own defence, there was what seemed to be a a self-harm incident. That conviction in Slovakia might be mentioned as part of sentencing, but again, it is kind of a certain sentence that he has. There's no kind of um, discretion with that one. It is going to have to be a life sentence. I'm Nicola Talent, and you're listening to Crime World a podcast about criminals, drugs and the sins of the underworld in Ireland and across the globe. Joseph Puska is due to be sentenced on Friday for the murder of Ashling Murphy. In the week since he was found guilty for the brutal killing, many tales about Puska's past have hit the headlines. Today, I'm talking to Crime World's Claude Amini about what we've learned in the last seven days. I'm Niall Donald. And this is Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com. So tomorrow, Joseph Puska will be sentenced for uh, the murder of Ashling Murphy. We already know what that sentence is going to be. He'd be given a life sentence uh, because that's the automatic thing you get in in Ireland. Um, But when we gone, um, his motivation is still it's still really unclear about what has happened and, you know, the level of shock after the verdict, it's still leaving people looking for answers, I think. Yeah, I mean, even though the ver- the, the verdict was over a week ago at this point, I mean, the story has still not gone away. There's been news stories every day sort of about Joseph Puska. Um, we've heard about his past and there's been a lot of speculation about why and there's been this big question mark hanging over why, um, according to sources that I've heard. He's been telling a very different version of events to what he told on the stand while behind bars. Um, do you have to obviously emphasize that that is secondhand information that's coming to me? But, you know, he seems to be telling a different story um, and seems to be indicating that the motivation may have been sexual. Um, we can see from his past, I mean, stories have come out that he was actually a convicted sex offender in Slovakia. Yeah. So, I mean, since since his conviction, We've heard more information and 
there there has been a criminal conviction in his in his homeland. This is back um from when he was a teenager. It's effectively there's going to be a different legal system, but it's effectively a statutory rape yeah. charge. Um the details of it I think have been that he was he the girl was underage at the time, but it's described as a consensual sexual uh interaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has been. And it seems like he was, he, while convicted of that, at the time he only got probation. Um, he's been living here in Ireland for, since about 2012, I believe. Um, and we've heard that he was a suspect in an attack in um, Prague, um, in the Czech Republic. Um, and it happened while he was living in Ireland. He was, I think, on visiting Prague. Um, and there's another incident from another country, which I believe may have been the UK. Yeah, so I mean, in these cases, he's described as a person of interest. I suppose what's the difference between a person of interest and a suspect? I like, you know, it's it's you know, but I suppose a person of interest is kind of a slightly less than a, a suspect in terms of he was he was not uh, maybe arrested or formally questioned about these incidents. However, something marking his description. So a man marking his description is believed to have carried out this sex attack in in Prague at the time. He was while he was resident in Ireland, he was living over there, or he'd been he'd been working as a labourer over there, and that he seems to be in very clearly that he was in the frame for that, um, and also for in the frame for an attack in the UK. So he's obviously not being convicted of these things. Nonetheless, um, we have also heard some stuff about his 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 actions in Ireland. So, I mean, I think quite scarily, um, Gardy ultimately seized his electronic devices and found that he had been on dating sites. Obviously, he's a married man with five kids, um, but he had been on dating sites in the run-up to Ashling Murphy's death, which would also sort of throw an indication on what he was you know, what his motivation were on the day itself. Yeah, what his motivation could be. I mean, I suppose, yeah, Gardy basically, when they got their um, warrant to search his home, they were able to seize electronic devices. And from that, that's how they found out he was on different dating sites and posing as a single man, um, which of course is an acquirement itself. But when you put it together with what happened to Ashing Murphy, um, it is likely that he was you know, looking for a victim. And there is this kind of whole question mark over again, what was the actual motivation? And as well, I mean, from the point of view where we were a week ago, we were sitting here thinking, well, this is very out of nowhere. This is just something that's happened. But of course, with all these things, most of the time, violence against women doesn't start with a murder. It starts a lot earlier on. I mean, normally the psychology of a killer, you know, it starts with animals or whatever it might be. But I mean, I don't think um, anyone was expecting to see anything like that in Joseph Puska's past. Maybe, maybe not, but it's definitely kind of putting more uh, puzzle pieces together for us. Yeah, because, you know, there's obviously, we're we're talking about violence against women. A lot of the women that die in in Ireland are killed by their partners, boyfriends or or ex-boyfriends. Just totally random attack on, uh, an attack on women of the type that Ashley Murphy suffered horrific mm-hmm. attack from somebody not known to them at all in any circumstance, which jo- in Joseph Puska, he had no contact with her before. They're quite uncommon. Very uncommon. And for somebody to do that at the age of 33, isn't he? Yeah. Um, and to have never have done anything before would also be unusual, I think. Very um, unusual, yeah. I mean, 
I mean, again, we're not psychologists, but no. you do see this kind of progress of, of killers when they do start out. They start out with maybe it's abuse or assault or whatever it might be and do work up to that. Um, and the same with then kind of, but for him to be 33 starting now, it is very unusual. I mean, you would see if something like that was to happen, that it may be progressing on into the future, but he is he is he's a very young killer. Exactly. And I mean, certainly the most of the, I think... Was it the number I think you you had in your your own piece, Claude? It was two hundred and forty something. Was it women killed in since women's aid have begun? I can't remember the exact figure, but so nearly the the majority of them would yeah. have been from ex partners. Yeah, ex partners, you know? even their sons in some cases, but majority of the time it is a man known to the woman. Yeah, and so people like for Joseph Puska, the level of violence, of course, that he committed is just horrific to stab somebody eleven times and in that manner. For just that to spring out of nothing is is you know it it is still quite unusual. Um, we also had in the Sunday World how um, we spoke to his family, who they remain standing by him and proclaiming his innocence. Um, however, tomorrow at the sentencing hearing, we will hear different things. Who, who we we will hear from his defence. Um, I can't imagine they're going to admit guilt or anything like that, but they may give some sort of extenuating circumstances or whatever. I don't know what excuse could possibly be given, but we probably also hear victim impact statements. We did obviously hear from Ashley Murphy's family um, the day of his conviction, but there will be um, a more detailed victim impact statement tomorrow. Yeah, so the family will have their opportunity to read their impact or have it read to the court for them. It's an opportunity, I suppose, this whole time this trial has been about Joseph Puska and what he did. And we're kind of now that we're at the end and we have a verdict. Um, you know, we can hear from Ashing's family and hear more about Ashing. Um, and it will be their opportunity to tell the court about her and to kind of have that kind of read out into a public domain as well. Um it is expected that both Ashing Murphy's family and Joseph Puska's family will be there. Um, but again, the prosecution will also sometimes in these things, we hear information that we didn't hear throughout the trial comes into play during the sentencing, um, particularly anything that was kind of a legal argument that may be kind of part of circumstances. Like, for example, the the, the not saying that it will be mentioned, but it is a possibility that that conviction in Slovakia might be mentioned as part of sentencing. But again, it is kind of a certain sentence that he has. There's no kind of um, discretion with that one. It is going to have to be a life sentence. Yeah, so, I mean, we've also uh, heard about Joseph Puska, as you discussed, being in prison. I mean, he remains in, in protective custody. I think it's in Cloverhill, is it still? Yes. Or, yeah. So, I mean, at this point, he probably wouldn't be mixing with the general population at this stage for his own safety. Yeah. Um, and there's also discussion about him attempting to um, maybe get his service sentence in Slovakia, but that seems to have been uh, something that people don't think is likely. Yeah, I have seen that that he might be looking to have a sentence served out there because the prisons might be a little bit, you know, easier or less harsh than here, um, which could, I'd be interested to know what the prisons in Slovakia are yeah. like, if they're any easier than here. Um, but I mean, he is currently in Clover Hill after his sentence. It will be likely he'll be moved to possibly Mount Joy. Um, I mean, at present, he is being kept kind of segregated away from the general population for his own safety, but also he's under suicide watch. Um, we heard emerging last week that on the 31st of so Halloween night, um, the day before he 
was due to begin testifying in his own defence. There was um, what seemed to be a, a, um, a self-harm incident. Um, we don't know the exact details of that. The next morning, the judge was given a sick note from Clover Hill um, and Joseph Husky was told, you know, he if he wanted to present his defence, he had to make himself available to the court. So we were delayed by one day. Um, the jury were told that there was a sick note. That's really all we heard. Um, and that you know, they were dismissed for the day and then he came back. But it is likely when he goes into Mount Joy, he will have to be kept away from other prisoners. So Joseph Puska, like a lot of people are saying, how long will he serve? I mean, I know we said this before, he will serve a life sentence, which could mean any amount of time. Um, I, I can't remember the longest ever serving life sentence prisoner in Ireland, but people have served well over 30 years or, mm. or more. Um, there is no obligation on the state to let them out at any point. Um, however, most people are let out if they show a degree of rehabilitation. I think the average is somewhere between 17 and 19 years um, for life sentence prisoners at this point. Um, so somebody like Joseph Puska, you know, he, 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 he's likely to serve you know, 20, 30 years in prison at a very minimum. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the example, I suppose the example I would have of a prisoner that's been in there for 50 years for a life sentence of murder is John Shaw, um, who was a, I suppose, a spree killer. He could be described as a, or a serial killer. Um, and then you have the likes of Malcolm MacArthur, who was also killed two people and he is now out of prison. He was apparently a model prisoner. And it does depend on that. I mean, the unfortunate thing about this is that when it does come around to Joseph Puska going before the parole board, um, it's going to be re-traumatising for the family because they're going to have to go and plead their case once yeah. again. Which of course they weren't allowed to for many years but mm. that the law has been changed to allow the family to have an input um, which is probably a mixed blessing. Some people certainly, some families are very grateful to have that opportunity to say that people shouldn't get out but it's it's always another point of trauma of course for, for the family because no matter what how long somebody serves in prison or how harsh and how difficult it is to be in prison, that person does at some point get a chance to get on with their lives. Absolutely. Ashley Murphy will never be afforded that opportunity. Um, the, the, the family, I thought, were really moving on in what they said and, and Ashley Murphy's boyfriend as well who spoke was very, uh, you know, really brings home the, 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 the impact of these crimes the, the never ending impact of these crimes, I suppose. Yeah. And I suppose as well, I mean, people, you know, consume this as, as part of their news cycle or whatever it might be. But at the end of the day, there's still a family who had to sit through that trial and are going to have to kind of move on with their lives. You know, we'll move on to different things. There'll be another trial in a few months time that we'll move on to. Um, but for the likes of Ashing's family, like this is something that they're going to have to deal with for the rest of their lives. And I think that they were, I don't know how they held it together so well. Um, they were incredible. And so many people have, have praised them for their, you know, for their, for their poise and their grace and how they spoke about Ashing and how they were even in the courtroom. Um, you know, hold, that was such a strong move from Ashing's mother to hold up that photograph of her um, after the conviction. Yeah. And of course, Joseph Puska put them through a trial. I mean, there's cases this week and every week where people admit to crimes and it, it means that a family doesn't have to go through that and listen to that and to worry about the the final outcome. Um, like Joseph Puska made a decision to do that. You know, he didn't have to. Um, so, you know, it's our sympathy is always, always with them. Um, the other thing is, of course, it has become a, a kind of a, a bit of a, the, the, 
the coverage of it on social media has got, you know, that must also be difficult for the family because it has become a bit of a political football in various ways. Certainly, certain people have jumped on it from an anti-immigration uh, standpoint. Yes, the, I've seen that majorly. Yeah. I mean, the reality is, he, of course, he was a uh, an immigrant who came into this country. But statistically, you know, Irish men and other people commit murders in no greater numbers. Um, so I think um, we'd be there. To, you're going to attend tomorrow and we can probably expect um, to do another podcast at that point. Yes, we'll be back tomorrow to talk a little bit about, I suppose, what happens in court. Um, it's the victim impact statement and to kind of just reconvene and... Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's important to see it to the end. And yeah. Maybe hope to have give give the the family a a, a forum to 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 express what, how they feel about Ashling. Man, it's, it really is a very sad case. So thank you very much, Claude. And we'll be back tomorrow to discuss. Thank you. Now you've been listening to Crime World, a podcast from SundayWorld.com, produced by Ian Mullaney and edited by me, Nicola Talent. Research assistant is Claude Amini. If you like this show and love true crime, leave us a review. Or why not download the free sundayworld.com app for lots more stories from Ireland and across the globe. Would you like to be able to start conversations like a pro? Take the Sunday World, your daily dose of what's going on. Do not consume the Sunday world if you're involved in a drug cartel, you're a politician with something to hide, or you've appeared on a reality TV show and care about others' opinions. Consume the Sunday world responsibly. Always read the stories, gossip, and commentary.